Welcome to the Catholic Command Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Just want to let you guys know that we've been trying very hard to bring you this episode this evening. We have it's true. <laughs> For whatever reason, the last 30 minutes have just not gone according to plan. A lot of it has been human error. A lot of it hasn't been. We've recorded this segment already. This is our third time. We made we, this is the furthest we've made it, I think. Pretty close. Pretty close, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's close. All the same. Here we are. We're here. Here we are. And it's so great to be with you guys. Listen, I could not wait to get in front of this microphone oh, today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was so excited. You know, we just got back from Clear Creek Monastery. Yes. Great. I had a great weekend. This is okay. If you do not have a yearly weekend where you yeah. get away, a yearly retreat where you can get away and you can just spend time with the Lord and you you can dedicate the weekend to nothing but prayer and study or just you know make sure it's mainly prayer, but just get away, silence. Yeah. Prayer, study. I highly recommend it. It's one weekend. Just do it. Just spiritual reading. Spiritual reading. Just just do it and tell your wife that, you know, uh, by doing this, you're going to come back as a better husband, yep. a better father. Because you will. Because you but will. But also encourage her to do the same thing. You know, right. Like, yeah, yeah. As a, as a Christian, I think that's something, if you can, not everybody not everybody can, but if you, if you, just, if you can, if there's any way you can do it, you should make a yearly retreat, um, really a an annual thing that just something you do. And if you can't go somewhere, because some people just have their situation as such that right. they can't, um, pick a day where you do a home retreat, where you do kind of seclude yourself, right? Where, you know, it's just kind of very, get as much quiet as you can. Because mm-hmm. um, really, it's, it's it's just one of those things that it makes a huge difference for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, like this, this weekend, um, just on a human level, there were a lot of things like I just didn't kind of want to go, you know, like oh, you didn't intellectually I did, you know, but like, oh, it'd be, it'd be nice just to stay home and like work on my pro. I've got a lot of things going on at right. home Same and, here. Yeah, yeah. you know, like I was ready though, uh, but I knew because I feel that way, it's going to be a good retreat, mm-hmm. right? You know, because a lot of times when you've got if you're all excited about it, sometimes for me, and I think, oh, I'm going to go, this could be a good retreat, you know, like, then I go, and it's, yeah, you know, it just, it, it it's a little underwhelming, maybe, mm-hmm. but if I have a lot of reasons not to be there, you know, it's kind of, like, more difficult and arduous for to get myself to commit, then when I do, boom. Well, and, and big, like, fantastic weekend. And no, whenever you plan this, there's going to be... Uh, things that are going to go wrong in your family mm-hmm. to prevent you from going. Either your wife is going to get sick, she's going to be stressed. Your Stuff kids, will come up at the last minute, right? Yeah, but, but but don't let that deter you. While we were there, I I spent like six hours reading and about six hours in prayer on Saturday, and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was so great. Yeah, and I I love going to Clear Creek because you know they don't give retreats. That's not what they do. No, no, no. But all you if if you go and just simply. Um, attend the hours with all the monks that is a retreat in and of itself just sitting there there's something so ordered about the way that they pray about the chant that they do it's so mm-hmm. beautiful um and just read through the psalms with them right it's so beautiful we met a dad there who had his two younger sons from uh syracuse new york yeah he 
he flew them down. Like that's how important it was. And they came last year too, is what right. he said. Right. Last year he said they drove. Yeah, twenty four <laughs> hours. Twenty eight. Oh, 28? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, it's just so... Now, it, it's so important, I think, to be able to have a reset, to to be able to orient yourself and dedicate a weekend to God. Mm-hmm. Now... A sacred weekend. Dur- during this weekend, we also found out that the Catholic Man Show peaked and we weren't even aware of it. I mean, we kind of we kind of suspected. We we found out something. I suspected we peaked a long time ago. Yeah, so did I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're we're on the downslope. I mean, dude, we're getting old, right? You know, we're not Catholic, coo- we're not cool Catholic anymore. Old, well, speak for yourself. I'm still pretty cool, dude. You're closer to forty than I am. All yeah, right? but I'm still pretty cool. like a lot. I'm still pretty cool. Uh, do you want to? I'll let you tell him. Okay, I'll tell the story. So, this is a great story. I was so. Um, and this is a story about God's God's work, not ours, right? Because obviously, you know, like we get when we get stories like this from time to time, and you know, they're awesome, they're edifying for me to hear. But it's actually not a story about us. Um, but yeah, it makes me want to keep it. Like, there's times where I'll feel like it keeps us going. Yeah, yeah. It's like I don't know. Have we run our course? Like, should we should we kind of close up shop? Mm-hmm. And then something like this happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we like to go to Clear Creek for our camp out every year. Um, and uh, when when we're fortunate enough, we can have one of the monks on our show with us. Mm-hmm. So this is a couple, a few years ago. Uh, we had Brother Nesbitt on Brother our show. Brother Father Nesbitt. Brother Father Uncle Nesbitt. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't remember what we were talking about. but Mortification. Mortification. Okay. He's been on our show more than once. Brother Nesbitt has. So this last weekend... Um, the the monks they just finished a new wing at their monastery. Big mm-hmm. deal, right? Okay, um, it's gorgeous. Big project, big huge huge project. Um, and so they had it open for the public. It's the only time that women were ever going to be allowed in this building because it's part of the the cloister. the the cloister, right? Um, and so Juan and his family were there. I didn't get neither of you or I had the opportunity to go, but um, also the monks had a special uh, they had special permission to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, because most of the monks, you know, they they live in silence, and certainly they don't interact with the public. That's just right. not... But on this particular day, there's all these people there, and so they all had permission to, you know... To be hospitable. To converse and to be hospitable with all the guests, right? And so this one uh, monk, young monk, came running up to Juan and said, are you Juan Posada? And Juan's like, yes. And he said... No, he said... With the Catholic Church? He said, yes. 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 Yeah, that's you're right. That is what he said. Um, and the guy, he said, "Well, my name is Brother Cosmos Marie, and I'm here." And I'm gonna, I'm paraphrasing this conversation, but I'm here because of the Catholic Man Show. He said he was, you know, trying to figure out where should he be discerning. He had, you know, kind of figured out he had to call to religious life and trying to figure out where where should he go. And he heard Brother Nesbitt. He used to listen to the show. He doesn't now because he's in Clear Creek. But um, he heard Brother Nesbitt and said. Oh, Clear Creek, I should go check them out. And he did, and now he's a monk there Yes, uh, from listening to the show. I mean, that's just awesome. Praise God for... And it was uh, hilarious because we, we... You know, for his vocation. We were talking to uh, Brother Father Nesbitt, and we were telling the story, and he's like, oh, yes, yes, I remember. And then he kind of stopped, and he goes, you know, that really kind of surprises me because he's a really refined man. I'm surprised yeah, he's listen- listening to your show. That's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. Which he meant was he meant like he's yeah. only twenty years old like he's I'm sure he's never smoked a cigar or or had a, a glass of whiskey in his life you right. know 
and so anyway and then we were talking to father bachman who's the guest master uh he's been on our show as well talking yeah. about uh chant chant and he was just cracking up about the our the intro to our podcast he like could not handle himself yes. talking about this he, you know he was just he was like i love it it's so funny uh, the you, music you, he, he yeah, just thought the, the music bumper music was, was so funny he's like you got it shows you guys don't take yourself too seriously but you guys are having fun and meanwhile i'm over like bachman i think it's good okay yeah. I, I don't think it's funny bachman <laughs> <laughs> it was so great it was so much fun uh we we really enjoyed it shout out to david biddle our good friend uh who puts it on every year indeed um indeed i, I don't know i just loved it it was just such a a great weekend um, finished up. Oh well, I have not finished. I have like four more pages of the Way of the Pilgrim book that oh, I've been okay. uh, been reading. Sweet, um, really, really great book. If you want to know more about the Jesus Prayer, that's the book. That's a, that's the book it's a for you. Good huh? book to to read. Yes, we're going to be talking about a book today. But before we do that, uh, we still got a few minutes left. Let's mention what we're having the the fine beverage. Why don't you go ahead? Why don't you go ahead? So we're having some beverages from Trinitine Brewery, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is a brewery that you've never heard of. Because it doesn't exist yet, exactly. Although it exists, um, it exists, but you can't. They're not for sale yet. Uh, what's the guy's name? Who's Trevor Alcorn? So he sent us this. All awesome this stuff. It's incredible. Package. Everything that he sent us. Yeah. He sent us these bottles with all these incredible labels. Mm-hmm. Fantastic beer. He sent us like some. He he has like decorations for every representative of every beer. The amount of stuff that this guy has done, he's gonna lo- when he Trevor. May God reward you for your charity. Yeah, I mean, the amount of stuff, Trevor, that you have done before you have even sold a single beer is incredible. Is, it is incredible, and clearly he's got uh, some ends or some talent with, with uh, design right. because some of the artwork is also. I mean, just the artwork in and of itself yeah. that represent the beer is well, the Al- is amazing. The, the Alcorns uh, are brewers. For generations. They're, they're a family of brewers, okay? And so he does that with his dad. They've been doing it for, for quite a while. And, uh-huh. then, and then recently, they've kind of been taking it a little bit more seriously. And they're hoping to get uh, being able to be distributed this year in five states. But their merchandise store is about to go up uh, online. Go check it out. I mean, it really is Trinity incredible, Brewery, all the stuff yeah, that com. they have. When we get back on the other side of this break... We're running out of time on the radio, but when we get back, we'll talk about the beer for for a few minutes. Yeah, I do want to say a little bit more about it. Because uh, I'm having a double IPA. You're having a stout. The names of the beers are genius. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Lent is just around the corner. Can you believe that? Have you thought about what you're going to give up for Lent? Have you thought about even why we do Lent? The new content director for Exodus 90, Dr. Jared Stout, recently wrote, Lent keeps us anchored in a continual need for God's grace and the importance of removing the obstacles that we put up to receive it more fully. If you're looking for a good way to journey through this Lent as a man of Christ, the 2023 Lenten Spiritual Exercises from the Exodus team starts February 22nd. That's Ash Wednesday, February 22nd. Go check out their Lenten Spiritual Exercises at Exodus90.com. That's Exodus90.com. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We are here all by ourselves. There's nobody else here. No Jim. No Juan. 
We're still friends with Juan, just in case you're wondering. Oh, we're all still friends. Um, we did see him. I saw him for the first time in in like a month this last weekend. Same. And yeah. I, he's just been, he's just been all over the place. He's, you know, he had, he had to take a couple work trips and yeah, it's just anyway. his wife's birthday. You know, there's a lot of things going on. Also, Jim told me uh, he's been shipping out our new hoodies, one that you're wearing right Which now. I'm wearing. Uh, to our $50 and more patrons. So if you are one of those, get ready cuz yeah. you're about to get you're about to get your hoodie. Check the mail. Yep. Um you can go to patreon.com/thecatholicmancho support us you can get awesome beer glasses, 16 ounce beer glasses, beer can glasses. That's right. Um and then a whiskey glass. We we give away, in fact, I know we we say this some, you know, we don't say this very often, but we lose money the first month. Uh, you become a yeah. if you're a ten dollar a month patron, we lose money the first month because we give such great. So please don't sign up and cancel. <laughs> please don't do that. <laughs> please don't do that. But really, we do need your support. We haven't we haven't really like said this in a while. We do actually need your support. The more support we have on Patreon, the more we can do. Our right. goal here at the Catholic Man Show is to change hearts, uh, reach have people come to know Jesus Christ um, in such a way that they fall in love with him more and more every day so that they can go out and spread, spread the news of his salvific work on the cross to the rest of the world. I mean, that's what we want. We want Jesus to reign as King all over the world. We want him to reign in our own hearts. So, um, help us. If if you like, if you like the show, please do support us. Go to Patreon, whatever, whatever you can give, you know, that, that just thank thank you for that. If everybody listens here, gives even the $4 a month, right? We'd be, we'd be on our way. Oh gosh. I mean that would be incredible. So right. um, we don't keep any of the money we get from Patreon. We no. all we put it all back into the show. So um, thank you, thank you for all of our patrons who have been supporting us for Shout so long. Out. Yeah, and uh, please do support us mm-hmm. if if you feel called to do so. Uh, yeah. Let's do talk about this beer because okay. once once again this brewery, the guys over there um, at Trinitine Brewery, they're just incredibly Catholic. I know you probably can tell that with mm-hmm. a name like Trinitine Brewery. Mm-hmm. I'm drinking the DS Ire. I think is. Uh, I'm actually not sure how to say this. I R A E. I okay. don't know if it's I R I E R I. So I was trying to pull up this email before we started. I could not find it. The guy who sent it to me sent me another one because for somehow I lost it. However, he sent me an email, and that we need to have a correction on the show, and also uh, just kind of a, a fun fact. One thing we say on the show not correct. Uh, we say that you know grace builds on nature. Not correct. That's actually not a good translation of of what. Uh, Aquinas does, uh, says, okay. which we actually know this, uh, but uh, it's actually grace perfects nature. Hmm. Um, th- it's kind of a small difference. However, we're not semi-Pelagian in this, in saying like sure, you know, the more sure. you work, the more grace. You know, that's not yeah, the yeah, case. Yeah. Um, and I get so, more, I have more grace because I've got more body, baby. Right. Um, I'm just, that's why I don't diet. That's why right. I don't diet. I'm 500 pounds, so I can get more grace. I got. Right. It's a bigger platform. Right. So he he was just like laughing at it, like like just he, a, he, I'm just a bigger grace plate. All right. <laughs> but he he sent us an email. He was like, "You guys are awesome. Thanks so much." He he gets a kick out of our attempt to do uh, to say Latin because he's a uh, I think he's a specialist he's a Latin guy. Yeah, and so he 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 thought it was really funny. But um, whenever we try to pronounce things in latin um but you know i wanted to give a shout out to him i can't i can't find an email so i don't know your name anyway um <laughs> but i did i did read your email but i did read your email so anyway which is I, better than what you do yeah that's true i'm, I'm drinking the stout it's fantastic yes. there's a lot of flavor in here um okay. i mean it's like packed uh, i'm drinking the saint joseph terror of demons double ipa epic mm. 
he says that uh, on this label we have the uh, have a prayer to Saint Joseph. This is why I love everything that he does is Catholic. Like in regards to bottling the beer, like making the beer, like everything he does is just so Catholic. Even the the, the top of the the beer uh, cap. Yeah. Um, but he has the a prayer to Saint Joseph on the back of the beer, um, and he says uh, Saint Joseph the Terror Demons, one of the awesome titles of saints, if I might add, like one of the best. Totally. And he said this beer itself is on the hoppier side of things, sure to scare the hell out of anyone that drinks it. Nice. Yeah, Terror of Demons. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, Trevor, thank you so much. We're sending you a care package as well. Uh, thank you, package. Um, here pretty soon. And if you have a beer that you want us to try on the show, send it to us. Mm-hmm. Or a bottle of whiskey. Mm-hmm. Send us one of your favorites. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll we'll do it. We'll right. give you a shout out. We'll, we'll try it. Yeah. We love that. We love it. It's so, one. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to speak for you, Adam. I love it. Okay. <laughs> I do too. So, uh, anything else before we jump into the topic? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, let's just jump in. Let's let's get because it looks like based off of the notes have, that you got, sent me, we have four pages here. Yeah, we have a lot to cover. So let's do it. I think I think it, it, some of it might go quickly, but we're going to be talking about surprise surprise. I don't think so. I'm going to uh, really draw okay. this out. All right, fine. That's good. Let's go deep. Let's let's yeah. go deep. Okay, let's go. Um, we're going to be talking about fatherhood today. Hmm, that's a topic so, uh, we haven't talked about before. Right. I know. This is uh, a book from a book, mostly from a book, a book, a book, a mostly from a book. That's called turning out great. The Christian Father, <laughs> right. what he should be and what he should do. Um, originally written in German by the Reverend W. Kramer. Um, so back I, when Germans were good theologians. Yes, which is probably a while mm. ago. Um, not lately. Uh, it's not a, a. It's not a slight on uh, Pope, Pope Benedict either. No, it isn't. I was really thinking of him as the. I think there's probably another one other exception. Uh, I don't remember his name, but there was like one other German guy here about, recently. Like, well, Joseph Pieper, his philosopher. Okay, but he theologian. was he was like a long time ago. So this Wasn't is copyright. He died in the nineties. Yeah, but I mean, he, he was writing like fifty years ago. Yeah, it's like before ago. we were alive, bro. It's not long ago. So this is copyright 1883. Okay. Okay. Uh, I got you the book. You got me this book. It's fantastic. I'll, I'll hold it up to the camera. It's, it's like a great binding. Nice hardcover, nice size. I, I was able to read mo- basically all of it in a day because the back there's a huge section in the back that's just all kinds of prayers for all different situations. Mm-hmm. There's actually some of them. Were some like, of the prayers that are in there are in our book, Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place. Yeah, it's got the Stations of the Cross back here, which I really liked. This Stations of the Cross, it was like um, it's not too long, but it was also like not not watery, mm-hmm. not watered down, you know. Um, so anyway. I, what we're doing today is um, reflections on reflections. Uh, let's reflect on some of these reflections. Uh, these are just some of the notes I took from reading the book, some of the highlights. That's a good reflection right here. Yeah, and uh, we're going to go through them. Sweet. Uh, have you had a chance to read this book? You, you got it for me, so I didn't know if you had read it. I, I have not read cover to cover, but okay. I, I have uh, picked out things. So right off the bat, he talks about names. And this is just something that I thought, we, we've mentioned it kind of before, but... I hadn't really thought about it in these terms, you know, how as fathers we have, we share a name with God, mm-hmm. you know, like, wow, that's, that's very profound that we share God the Father. Like, that's not his name in the way that Jesus is the name of the second person of the Trinity, but but God, the, the first person of the Trinity, he is Father, right? I mean, that's kind of like a personification of who he is. Um, 
So he, he says that names come from God and indicate the nature of those who bear them. So one time I was with a Muslim and we were praying together and I said, in the name of the Father. And he was like, stop blaspheming. Yeah, that's wrong. No. That's uh, a talk that Scott Hahn gave. But Trent Horn's wife, Laurel Horn, oh. did a video about yes. like this and it was hilarious. She is hilarious. She's so funny. Who knew that Trent's wife was... By the way, super funny. Uh, Trent's going to come on our show this year in August. Trent, uh, bring bring the family. Yeah, let's have Laura on the show too. She can totally be on the show. Someone needs to uh, tweet or something, Trent, and let him know. Like, I mean, it didn't surprise me that uh, Trent's wife would be the would be the fun one. Not that Trent isn't fun, but he's like not the. He's not like uh, he's, extroverted, right? I would, I would yeah, say. he's he's not like the guy in the room cracking jokes. You know what I mean? He's uh, awesome to talk to, super mm-hmm. smart, right? Mm-hmm. But it didn't surprise me when his when his wife was, you know, outgoing and, yeah, I think and funny. He's even told us before he's an introvert. Yeah. So names, okay, names, sorry. father, right? I, so I told you, just, I was gonna lo- you, know, you were right, this you're out. right, and I I believed you. Yeah. So think about this: when your first child is when your first child is born, mm-hmm. God, you know, like in the Old Testament, in the Peter. Christ changes Peter's name. That's New Testament. In the Old Testament and with Peter is what I meant to say. Okay. You're right. Thank you. Uh, there's just several people, handful of people in the book where God gives them a new name. Mm-hmm. Um, Abram, Abraham, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He does Saul, something Paul. similar with you. When your first child is born, he gives you a new name. Mm-hmm. His. He gives you the name of father, um, mm-hmm. which is, like, as I was reading this, it's like, man, that's very profound that... Um, God is just, he's, he gives everything, right? Um, so what is the goal of fatherhood? Why, and why has, why has God taken his children? Cause really your the children that you have, they're really his children in a much more real way than they're your children. Um, but why has he given them to you? What, what, what is the purpose? He says that it's that we may grow, um, that they may grow up and become truly good men and women, that they may learn the Christian faith that they might grow into good Christians, obviously. So it's it's our job to ensure that they receive a good Christian education and to form them into holy adults. We've talked about this a lot: the provide, protect, and establish. You know the role of the father. Um, Go back to an episode, like just type that. If you type in "provide, protect, establish" on the Catholic dot com, you will find multiple things that we've talked about yes. regarding this. And so he says that all will admit. That the welfare of the world, especially in our day, depends after God on the father and the mother. Because it's totally. up, to, up to parents to yeah. raise good people. Yeah, and this is the beauty of, of what, uh, you know, Aquinas says, like, the end of marriage, you know, is, is, is the, procre- the first thing is procreation, right? The, it, uh, of children. And the reason why this is such a fruit is so that uh, they all may be up, at, uh, may, may go to heaven to glorify our Lord. Yeah. To praise and worship him for all of eternity. Yeah. Build the kingdom. To build the kingdom up. Yeah. It's way easier to have children than to convert somebody. That's what I think. It's like, oh man, if you're trying to make more Christians, it's a lot easier just to have more kids. Anyway, we'll be right back. For over 35 years, Select International Tours has been planning pilgrimages all across the world, and they've been doing that for a reason. Yeah, if you guys have listened to our show, then you know that we just got back from Ireland. Uh, We used Select International Tours to book our pilgrimage to Ireland. Everything went 
just great. It went exactly how we planned it. Right. right? In fact, one of the pilgrims uh, said that it was his the best pilgrimage he's ever been on. Right. I mean, so the thing is, they know what they're doing. If, if you want to go on a nice pilgrimage uh, that's really, you know, oriented around experiencing the Catholic faith um, in some of the most historic, most important sites all over the world for the history of our faith, go to selectinternationaltours.com. They have pilgrimages going everywhere in the world all the time just because, you know, they, they do it so well, everybody wants to use them. That's right. And if you go to selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmanshow, you'll be one of the first ones to know when we're planning our next pilgrimage, which spring or summer 2024. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah. So go to selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmanshow. We want to thank Select International Tours for being a sponsor of our show, The Catholic Man Show. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Talking about fatherhood this evening. Good topic to talk about. Talked about it before. If you've been listening to the Catholic Man Show for a while and you have not rated or reviewed the podcast, please do so. That really helps. We don't ever ask. The thing about marketing is, and this is what people tell us all the time, is that you have to continually ask to like, subscribe, share, review, rate. And that is exhausting to me. Like yeah, to me, totally. I know if I like something, I'm just gonna go do like I'm going to like and subscribe to it. I'm going to rate it. I'm gonna review it because I like it. You know what I think is even a bigger deal than reviewing the podcast? If you like the podcast, tell somebody right. that you know. Uh like tell somebody, hey, you should listen to the Catholic Man Show. Or you should if there's other podcasts you that you like. Uh or word, pick out a show and say, listen to this specific yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. Listen to this one. Or just the whole word of mouth. That's uh, that's really the best That's the best thing you can do for any product, for Oops. any podcast, no matter what it is. So if you like our show, tell somebody. Tell them they should listen to it too. So um, let's talk, get back about uh, fatherhood. What is the primary way that a father does this? Right before the break, we were talking about how, you know, role of father and mother is to raise holy children. So how does a father do this? How does a father raise holy children? Reverend Kramer, he says, by example, the words of the mother may urge and exhort, but the example of the father draws the children and is imitated by them. So uh, another thing that we've talked about before in the show is how um, there's this weird psychological phenomenon that happens in children and, until they're past the age of like two. It's, kinda, it's a long time where children do not, their self-identity is wrapped up with their mother. So it's difficult for them to distinguish themselves from their mother. They you know, they're just so closely bonded that they're kind of, they view them as the same person, right? But the dad is the very first other in a child's life. And so because of that, the dad literally represents the world to a child. And so whatever dad does in the world is Obviously, what I'm in the child is thinking, that's what I'm supposed to do. In the world. In the world. That's the way I'm supposed to be. Um, because, well, there's like me and mom here at home, but dad is everything else. Right. And so, for, especially for fathers, example is a huge, huge, huge deal. Um, and uh, Reverend Kramer says, it's not enough just to know the teachings of the faith. Um, but we now, have- now, remember this. It's not enough just to know the teachings of the faith. Now, how many Catholics 
in the pew even know mm. the teachings of the mm. faith. And here he's not even he's not even starting with you should know the teachings of the faith. Right. Yeah, no. Yeah, because that doesn't do any good. Right. There's a lot of atheists who know the teachings of the faith. That's correct. He says you have to believe and make them operative in your life. So without without doing those things, you'll be totally ineffective this as is, a father. Yeah. We're talking about basic stuff here. Right. Uh, on the other podcast that, that I that I host, the other cool podcast that I host yeah. with, with Bishop Condola. Yeah. He, I, tr- I try not to think about that, okay? <laughs> Going behind my back. <laughs> uh, by the way, you can look that up, uh, Eastern o- I'm going to like podcast. sneak my way onto that podcast. We should, yeah, come on. I'm just going to sneak in and be like, oh, you guys recording? This is ridiculous. I thought this was the bathroom. Um, but uh, on the show, Bishop Condola says something like, like, if you do not live out your faith, your children are going to know that this is just something that as kids we're supposed to do and that it's not something that's to be taken seriously once you get to, it, to be an adult. And then once they become an adult, they realize... I don't have to do this anymore. This isn't something that I'm supposed to do. This is a children's thing. Right. And so he makes the, you know, he, he makes the, uh, the statement that it's like, no, 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 you have to live out your Catholic faith. It's not enough just to know it. It's not just enough to, to go through the motions in mass, mm-hmm. but you must live. It's gotta be Catholic. real. Yeah. It's not just a Sunday you, thing. You have to have a real relationship with our Lord. Yeah. And, because and, and kids are super great BS meters. Your, like kids, they have, your kids' eternal salvation is on the line. So Not only yours, but your kids. Yeah, your kids, right. I mean, yeah. Forget about you. What about your kids, you know? So he says, what we're looking for is a father in whom the picture of a good Christian father uh, is presented to the eyes of his children. Um, one in whom they can see what a Catholic Christian is, how he judges, what he loves, what he shuns, how he speaks, how silent, what he avoids, what he does, and how he does it, right? All of the stuff. It's not just about, oh, yeah, he goes to Mass, but it's about how does he take the trash out? How does he eat? What does he say? What does he not? You know, like, the Christian life should inform every single thing all the time, right? Well, this is the beauty of, like, Therese of Lisieux, right, where she talks about how, how she can um, wash a dish, Mm-hmm. For the love of our Lord, right, right, and if you're doing it for that reason, you should do it. You should be doing it the best you can. You should be doing it all things better because of that. So he then he comes. He he lays out a warning here, which I was like, he's very blunt, and, and I'll just read it word for word. He do you said, appreciate bluntness from I, priests? I do, personally, because I'm a real man. So yes, I do. Okay, uh, like people who don't, I think it's like, well, you know, maybe you should just be a little tougher. I I don't know. I, 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 yes, and maybe it's my personality, and so that's also why I feel that way. But yes, I think that we should we need more bluntness, not less. I don't think we should be coddling people. You can't coddle someone to heaven. All right, life's tough. Get a helmet. Um, he says a warning to fathers: You love your children and wish them to be happy. Be assured, if you do not bring them up good Christians, you place a cause that will destroy their happiness, a cause that will bring them eternal misery. So you want them to be happy? Well, the only way to do that is to get to heaven. Get them, help them get to heaven. This goes back to what I was talking about. We were talking about with Carlo, and when, yeah. we, were, when we were talking about how to how to uh, start a conversation about the faith, especially with somebody who's agnostic or something like that. And I yeah. talk about, I, I said that I thought one of the best things, best tactics is to start out with happiness. Happiness, uh-huh. Like, even natural happiness. Yeah, I remember you saying that. And then... Uh, 
Carlo actually kind of disagreed a little bit. He um, pushed back. Um, I, I think it was not that he didn't agree with that approach. I think he was, I think the way maybe, as I recall, you said like, that's all, like always the best way. And he's, I think what he was saying is like, no, not for everybody, you know, and because some, so. some people will say like, I am happy. I'm happy right. as an atheist, right? Right. Um, of course, they might think that honestly at the, at that moment, well, but, this but a, without Christ, there will come that moment. Right. This is a great. This is a grammar uh, issue. Mm-hmm. You know, grammar, logic, rhetoric. You know, like this is a grammar issue. This is why this is important to start out with. Well, what is happiness? Sure. If you understand what yeah. what what you mean by happiness, mm-hmm. then you can move on. Right. You're actually not fulfilling your ultimate good, right? Right. Um. So then, Reverend Kramer, he moves into some dangers, the dangers of uh, that might pop up in fatherhood as we father, which I appreciated. This, this whole book is very practical. Yes. Easy to read, very practical. Um, and so uh, here's the first danger. He says, The conscientious father is careful, and he must be, to confine his work or business to moderate limits, corresponding to his necessity and his circumstances. So I ask you, does a promotion I mean, it, you know, like if it's like you're working hard to get a promotion and if you get it, does that promotion mean that you'll have to spend more time in the office? Do your children need more money or do they need more of their father? And he's Reverend Kramer says, when you devote yourself entirely to worldly occupations, you have no time to attend properly to their salvation. So, um, obviously, we want to strive for success as Christians, as Catholics, right? Because we want to do all things well. Um, we want to do our job the best we can, right? Mm-hmm. But we have to have order. And I think this is a real temptation for a lot of guys who, um, you know, fatherhood isn't something that uh, maybe comes natural to them. Maybe they didn't have a great example as a father growing up. And so, as you know, even though they want to be good dads, they find themselves... Like, oh, kind of by default, spending more time in the office, uh, taking a phone call as soon as they get home, right, so that they can, you know, kind of go and keep seclude themselves, whatever. Um, being people who are just workaholics because that's all that, that's the only thing that they know to do, right? They, and they're good at it. They're good they, at it. And maybe they don't feel like they have the other things to give as a dad. So like, oh, well, I'll just give them a boat, right? Um, give me the boat. <laughs> yeah, give Adam the boat. <laughs> And you go home and play with your kids. Get it's like you know what? Uh, if if you're one of these people, because I think if you are, you 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 probably know it. Um, the easiest thing about being a dad, at least when your kids are young, all you have to do is go home and lie down on the floor, and they will like swarm you. They'll swarm you and they'll like attack you, and it's great. I love it. Right? Mm-hmm. I do it all the time. Like because a, I get to lay down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There is a selfish motive here, right? And it's like they can just like jump on my head for a, like for a while, and it's like I still can rest. Actually, at the same time, it's amazing, you know. Do you think that this is also an issue with the idea of of side hustles? So in, in this world today, Maybe. it's always it, it, there's a, a temptation of okay, I have my real job, and then I have other side jobs to get side money. Yeah. And the more side jobs that I have, the more income and different revenue streams that I can have that provide for my family. Uh, what if we just did our job, one job, really well, and then sacrificed a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, based, you know, 
if we, if we don't have that money. Yeah. So I, I think it's I want to I want to try to echo uh, Reverend Kramer's approach because he was fair and balanced about it. He said, you know, like unless it's ne- unless it's necessary. So, um, you know, you have to weigh. This is the this is like the role of a father. I went to confession at Clear Creek, and the the this old priest who was in there, he he like said something about talking about being a father, and he said something about as you continue in your in your very weighty duties, like. He was very, like, clear that the job that I'm doing as a father was heavy, right? And it's, as I was reading this book, and so I know that that was, like, another thing. Christ wanted me to hear that, like, the, your, the weighty duties of fatherhood, right? So, but let's, let me finish this line, this thought, on the other side of the break. This is the Catholic Mansion. This is the Catholic Mansion. Since the earliest centuries, Catholics have been called to sanctify the home by making it a little church. Family meals, shared gathering spaces, and the most mundane tasks, all of these are to be taken up into the higher dimension and bathed in prayer. But in the modern world, it is easy to lose sight of this fact and shape our homes around the latest consumer trends. In Living Beyond Sunday, the Niles and Minahan families take the mystery and guesswork out of the domestic church, showing you how to sanctify your home simply, wisely, and practically. Every Catholic family should own a copy of this book. That endorsement is from Sam Guzman, the Catholic gentleman. Go check out our new book that we have out by Ascension Press, ascensionpress.com, Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. Here with Adam Minahan, we're talking about fatherhood. We're talking about income. One of the things that... We're talking about a book called The Christian Father, What He Should Be and What He Should... And what he should do by Reverend W. Kramer. Reverend W. Kramer. Um, and he, he's talking about one of the dangers of fatherhood is basically being a workaholic. You know, spending too much time earning and uh, not enough time fathering. He, he's, I, I think he took a, a good approach. Like, let's say you're doing a side hustle so that in order that your wife can stay home with the kids. I think that's heroic. You know, so it, it depends. Like when you when you talk about the side hustle, it really depends. Everybody, there is no rule of thumb. It's right, it's right. so unique to everybody. It's just something that I, you, I think you need to be able to honestly look look in the mirror and tell yourself that what you're doing is like you do have your kids and your family's best interest at hearts. If you can honestly say that to yourself, you're doing you're doing the right thing. You know, um, whether it is or isn't God's will. You know, if you if you're open and honest, um, that's all God. God, God will He'll make up the rest. You know what I mean? But uh, it's an important thing. The next one, big, gradual weakening of faith. And for me, this is like one of the things I think about a lot. Um, not the gradual weakening of faith, but the things that He brings up that might cause it here. Okay. Um, he says this is the greatest misfortune for a man to suffer the shipwreck of of his faith. If such a misfortune befalls a father, the foundation of a Christian education is swept away from under the feet of his children, and thus the essential condition of their true welfare is made impossible for time and eternity. Like, it's Hmm. it's heavy. It's like, all right, okay, what do I need to do to avoid this? Well, he says, how great is the danger which besets a father in these evil days? when he is compelled to associate daily and hourly with men who waver in their faith. When he reads okay, books... Okay, h- hold on. Okay. Let's talk about that. Okay. Because I could hear, uh, you know, somebody say, he- hears us say that, and they're like, 
Well, I have good friends who are who are not of the faith. Uh-huh. Um, and it sounds like what he's saying is for us not to associate with them. And then it's also like, well, how do I bring them to faith if I'm not associating with them? Yep. I think that is what he's saying to a certain extent. Okay. Um, I do think, and I think um, he's also talking about people who are at work. Like, let's say you work in a factory or, you know, you just, whatever your job site is, whatever, wherever you work, there's people around, like, this is the late, late 1800s. Okay, so the average workplace for a man probably was a lot different than it is today. I think that's a valid. So, yeah. if, you know, if you're on a factory or whatever, in a yard of some kind, uh, you know, you might have no choice but to be around and exposed to people with unsavory conversation, with um, negative opinions, you know, of the church, of faith, you know, things that just don't edify and build up the life of faith. And over time, just like advertising, those messages will have an will have an impact on you. To me, patreon.com slash that's right. That's right. We need good media. That to me, that's what I'm taking away from this. It's not that, oh, don't don't be friends with anybody who's not Catholic. He's not saying isolate yourself in a bubble. Okay. But he's talking about dangers dangers to your faith. Just just wanted to Yeah, I know I'm glad I'm glad you did that. So he's talking about how great is it, how great is the danger which besets the father for these things when he reads books or watches shows written by unbelieving and immoral men. When he principle of the integral good. That's right. Look up that episode. When he takes periodicals and papers or listens to radio programs or watches shows which never tire in ridiculing the Holy Church. When he leads that sensual and idle life which conduces to gluttony and intemperance. So he goes on to say, Even if you are firm in your faith, such intercourse, such readings, such entertainment will do you injury. They will gradually, but surely, have the same effect on the life of your soul that the cold north wind has on the on nature in the spring. Yeah, I mean, and I think every man uh, can relate to this insofar as when you're around certain people, you tend to pick up their habits. I do. Yeah, uh, you know, when I'm around somebody who is who cusses, all of a sudden I find myself like later on about you know I have to like catch almost catch the word right before it's like i can't believe i almost said that you mm-hmm. know because i don't that's not something and all of a sudden here i am doing it you know so yeah like the people you're around they just have an impact you're affected by it whether you want to be or not no matter it's just a human nature thing and i think that we need to take a really honest approach an honest evaluation of the media that we choose to you know this is hard like this is okay not- the movies you watch you might say look i'm an adult okay um, I know what's. I understand the difference between right and wrong. Okay, and like I can watch Game of Thrones. I, right, exactly. I can watch Game of Thrones, or I can. Um, That's not. A I, thing. I can. People I can mentally filter those things out. I know. People don't even watch that anymore. I know. Now, I know. But um, thanks and, to God. And I, it's like, look, do you want to be a saint? I say yes. Okay. If you say no, go listen to a different podcast. Um, but if you say yes, I want to be a saint. Okay, do you think St. Teresa of Avila would watch that movie? Or do you think when they took the Lord's name in vain, she would absolutely say, turn that off, get it out of my house? That movie, that that kind of thing. This is a house, you know, like, do you want to be holy or not? 
Okay. As for me and my house, we will, we will serve, serve the, the Lord. Lord. Right. Okay. And I understand the movie might be entertaining. Is your entertainment more important to you than your faith? This is the yeah. Okay. And I understand that seems radical because it did to me at first. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized, no, I have just been born into a world that says one thing is radical, but really we're looking at shadows on the wall thinking that that's the real thing, you know, and the real deal's outside, okay? Did you just make that up? I did. That's an analogy I made up, okay? It's an uh, allegory, actually. You're, you're right. It is an allegory. <laughs> that's how good I am at allegories. <laughs> um, so the next one, he, uh, oh, uh, he says, faith is indeed the most necessary condition for your children to receive that which God will they should um, to obtain through you, namely the gift of true Christian sentiments and a life corresponding to them. So the next thing he, he uh, talks hold on, about... Hold on real quick. Okay. I'm sorry. There's Please. there's uh, a couple guys that are, listen to our show, for whatever reason, uh, find it very necessary to express their opinion about, <laughs> about us uh, in a very negative way constantly, which is fine. All right. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not opposed to criticism. I'm not either. Uh, I'm okay with it. Uh, and so, what they would say, they're they're. they're uh, See, you're being affected by them. Well, I was trying to try. To, I'm trying to present it in a most charitable way as I can. Okay. What what they're uh, they constantly say is that we are living in this dream world with the young kids, and that one day our kids are going to grow up and realize how ridiculous we were raising them, and that they're going to fall away from the faith. Look, uh, and so, uh, look. I, I don't know if, if they have like hangups about their own fatherhood. You know that they have uh, like they're judging themselves because that happened to them. I, I don't know who these people are that you're talking about, but um, yes, I know that my children are sinners. They will be sinners. I was a sinner. Okay, I still mm-hmm. am a sinner. But I was a sinner. I was a sinner. I still am a sinner. I will still <laughs> be. A like, sin. I'm a human raised by humans. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I'm an elf raised by elves. Right, exactly. Um, but uh, I don't. I'm not living in a fairyland. Okay, I, I want to be as holy as I can. Right. Well, and the thing is, like this, is what uh, Dr. Ray, you know, he's he said this on our show before. I think it's very important to say, like, you know, was was Jesus God? Did he know everything? Did he know how to convert everybody and reach and touch the human heart of every single person he had in co- was in contact with? Mm-hmm. Yeah, could yeah, was he able to convert every like most people? Right. No. Yeah. Was he able well, to keep the 12? He was able to, but Was he able to keep the 12 with him? Right. Yeah. You know, like listen, if Jesus can't if Jesus isn't going to do it, if he if he respects free will and, and allows, you know, dissent, we should expect we should understand like that could possibly happen. Yeah. But that's not someday my children have to make their own decision right. about the life of faith that they're gonna leave. But you know what? If they leave the faith, I'm gonna do everything I can so that it's not because of me. Right. So that I can stand before my creator at my judgment and say, Lord, you gave me these children and I did the best I could. Right. That I you, I failed that I did I did I as did. much as I could with what you gave me, right? And that's yeah. what I'm gonna do. Right. And I expect that my children will stay in the faith. I expect that. Right. So. Um, Just wanted to like throw that out there. I'm glad you did. The next thing he mentions here is on visiting public houses, which I think is kind of funny. Is public houses uh, A tavern, bars? a bar, right? So like okay. back in the late 1800s, you know, you weren't drink at home. Right. You might maybe had wine, but if you wanted a beer, or like you had to go out, you, you know, like it's not like you just had 
it at home like we do today. Um, he's he's he he allows for the visiting of public houses. He's pretty he's, he's pretty Catholic. unfavorable in general. Um, and talks about the really yes the, the unfavorable effects of visiting public houses is the fact that the father loses more or less that spirit of piety in the fear of the Lord, which is the greatest importance to his children. Choose your companions with great care. Prefer the companionship of your wife and children above all others. I like that line. Okay, um, the public house visiting a public house is worse on Sunday. There is nothing so detrimental to a proper observance of the Sunday as spending time in a tavern. The Sunday cannot long appear to your children to be a holy and sacred day when experience teaches them that it is precisely on this day that the father is not to be found at home. Experience teaches that he who seeks recreation exclusively in the tavern does not taste the true joys of life. So this really, a lot of times, I I don't feel like is really applicable because I don't think there's very many men out there who go to the bar. No, but I think that you could apply it to simply drinking in general. Because it's not the fact that you're in the place; it's the fact of like you're going there to get, you know, like often you're going there to get drunk. He gives what I wouldn't the rules for visiting the tavern, which I think well, this is like really the the important thing. And unfortunately, we're running out of time here on the radio program. The podcast will continue. So if you want to hear the the rules, which uh, this is some of the best stuff in the in the book right here, like for the average person, wow. go subscribe to our podcast, CatholicManShow.com. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus. Okay, so the rules for visiting the tavern are these. And it's like, this is this is sage wisdom. Remain only so long and no longer. Never pass the appointed time. Never. Never go home at a, or always go home at a fixed hour and permit nothing to detain you beyond that time. So decide... I'm going to stay for this, this long. Like, this is like the 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 rules that you you give yourself while entering a casino. Yes, it's like, exactly. I'm going to spend fifty dollars, right? And then when it's gone, I'm done, right? Right. Yeah, this, that's also a good rule because you can have a lot of fun at a casino if you obey by prudence, mm-hmm. moderation, rules. The other rule is as to drinking, let it be so much and no more. I like his words. You see what I mean? He's got this like classic old school style. <laughs> Better be so much. Never. No more. Never. Anymore under any circumstances, whatever. Say that again? Never under any more. Never anymore under any circumstances, whatever. Oh, so don't ever drink more than what your limit right. is. You decide before you go, I will stay for this long, for this many drinks. And when that has happened, you leave. End of story. Yeah, I, uh, I I think that's really, uh, really, really. I can just tell you in my own like life experience. Tell me if I had followed this rule, you know, I'll do that. I have done this, but I'm just going to stay for a couple hours, you know, or I'll stay for an hour. If I say I'm going to go in, I'm going to have two drinks. I'm going to stay for an hour, and I'm going to go. It is so hard sometimes, mm-hmm. even even like still today. Um, yeah, it is so hard. Because, you know, you oh, you finish your second one, it's like, oh, I'll just have one more. You quick, I'll have a quick one, you know, or like whatever. This is the same thing but with going to bed. Same thing with going to bed, right? Like having, being able to master yourself. Um, this is what I have to do. It's, this is, this is like the crux of life right here. You know, this is. I'm just not very good at it. And so I have to force myself. This is like 
wrote manliness, r- real manliness. This is the real battle. Like this is where it's won. You know, it's won over mastery of yourself. Mastery reveals the man. Ooh, you should write that down. You should like put that on a like a meme or something. Mm. Make a lot of money. I hear people are making money on. on you can memes? make a lot of money on memes. Yeah, I don't know how they do it. <laughs> anyway, I don't think anybody is <laughs> on prayer. Okay, Ooh, let's so, talk yeah, about this. I, I like. I know. Yeah, it's like, uh, you're gonna uh, like this one. Yeah, uh, so he's gonna start off with some basics here. Do you think that one of uh, the things that I like focus on a lot on the show is prayer? Uh, I like to focus on prayer. I was going through the other day. We have on the Catholic Man Show dot com. You can you can find the episode tracker. We have episode tracker where it has all of our episodes we've ever done, like over three hundred and forty of the them, drink, or whatever. The gear and the topic, right? And I was like, just for fun, I was kind of like going through and just seeing because it's been what six years and seeing what all we've we've covered. We were so young. We're, yeah, <laughs> you know what? Anna wasn't born when we were. When we were doing the Catholic Mansion. Mary wasn't born. Mary wasn't born. I, I just had one kid. When we served, and how many kids do you have now? Five. Exactly. Uh, but I was going through all the topics, and I realized by I going had five through, kids in six years. It's incredible. That's amazing. Can I shake your hand? Talk about fecundity, right? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> just knock my microphone over. <laughs> that was an inside joke. Uh, that, that was just for us. <laughs> Um, but I was like going through all the topics, a lot of prayer. And I was, I realized my top, my topics deal with a lot of prayer. Well, you know, like it, our show is really a direct reflection of our own growth and right. our own spiritual, like, sure. Like things we're working on. Right. Um, so things that we're not good at, we talk about. That's, that's, that's what I do anyway. <laughs> it's like, Ooh, I'm terrible at that. I'd, I'd really like to be better at that. So I'm going to, let's have a, let's have an episode where I pretend to be an expert. <laughs> I... <laughs> <laughs> then I'll have to be better, I read right? A, I read a chapter in a book. Right. I know it. I, I read this blog, okay? And this is what they said. I listened to a podcast. Mm-hmm. Now, that would actually take a long time. A whole podcast? Anyway. Um, on prayer. He says, say especially your morning and evening prayers. This must be an invariable rule. Okay, so you have to pray in the morning and in the evening. Here's what he says, if you don't. He... Who does not recite at least a short prayer mornings and evenings shows that if the spiritual life is not totally extinct in him, it is at least in a decaying condition. I don't disagree. So this is a minimum of like this just goes to show, like as many spiritual writers have said, that your prayer life is never stagnant. It is either uh, in in decline or growing. Right. Right. It's like the you know it's like if you have a plant and you don't water it, it will die. Prayer is like the water for your soul. It's like watering your soul. TM. Yeah. Um, Man is capable of avoiding sin. Oh, is incapable. Man is incapable of avoiding sin without divine assistance. In the ordinary course of divine providence, man will only receive God's helping grace when he asks for it in a proper manner. So if you're not asking for the grace, God will not give it to you because he respects your free will. So therefore, particularly in the morning, beseech of the Lord the grace that that you need to overcome all temptations during the day. If man... I think that's very important. Especially in the morning. I'm glad he says that because I also think that. Um, I, you know, for a while tried putting my, like, oh, I'd try to arrange my day so I'd go by a chapel 
It's like, oh, I'll get my prayer time in then, like even if it was like in the afternoon. Um, and that was great to like actually be able to visit, you know, stop in and visit our Lord. Yeah. But I found actually I had to stop doing that and just do my prayer time in the morning because it just it, I just need to I need to do it in the morning. I need the grace now. I need grace now. Okay. And now I don't have time to. I can't be waiting for the afternoon for grace. You know. So I do it all. I just do it in the morning now, and it's better. I like that. Um, he says, if a man fails in his duty to pray, then that day, instead of being a means of bringing him nearer to God, it may bring him nearer to hell. So, you, fi- you don't pray? You yeah. might, you're just like a little bit closer to hell. Think about that. Didn't uh, Father Larry Richard say that one time? Like, in a men's yeah, conversation? He, he yeah, like, he said, look, you, ever, you either pray every day or you go to hell. And you know what? I kind of feel that way. You won't go to hell because you didn't pray every day. But the fact that you didn't pray every day is the thing that puts you on the path to going to hell. I do think that. Like, if, yeah, if you decide, if you don't pray every day, you're probably not on a great path. So saith Judge David Niles, okay? His honor. Keeping the Sabbath. Let's talk about it. It is necessary for the eternal welfare. We ha- hey, just FYI, we have like almost a whole chapter on this topic in our book Living Beyond Sunday Making Your Home a Holy Place yes we do I think it's a fantastic topic it's something I like to talk about so let's talk about it you, you can find that on ascensionpress.com our book our book with it we wrote with our wives you should go look at it Yeah, you should go buy it so let's talk about it I'm going to talk about it now in some using somebody else's words okay that's how much I like to talk about it sometimes I use mine sometimes I use, I use others alright it's necessary for the eternal welfare of your children that they learn and become early accustomed to keep the, the Sunday holy according to the holy will of God. Will they do this when they see how careless and indifferent their father is on this point? All work, all worldly cares must cease on Sunday unless, except in cases of necessity. If you wish to recreate and amuse yourself, you will not pass the bounds of moderation. This is, I think, so important. And it's like, I like that last line. That was awesome. Yeah. Right. It's like you don't get to just watch football all day because that's not what Sunday is about. Sunday is about putting aside our, our, our cares, putting aside you know our, um, our servile work. It's not that you can't do any work on Sunday. You should do things that you enjoy, right? You know, so if you have hobbies, Sunday is a great day for a hobby. It's a great day to um, do things that are holy, right? Um, it's a, it should be a day of rest. It should be a day for your family. It should be a day where your children um, see a lot of their father. Yes. Right? So, But most importantly, they should be days that are set apart. So your children should know Sunday, Sundays are just totally different from the other days, right? I, regardless of what you do, you have to go to Mass, but whatever else you do, your children should know Sundays are different, okay? We, there are things we do on all the other days. Sundays are like totally different game, you know? And if you can do that where they know, oh, Sundays are, are unique, I think that you're, you're, doing, you're doing it well. Agreed. On government. Of the household? Yes. Okay. It is not to be left to the pleasure of the children when they may leave the house, and when they should return. 
The father or mother must give them permission to go and appoint the time when they must return. An hour should be set when all members of the family must be at home, or the doors will be closed and locked on them. <laughs> so I have uh, I have thoughts on this. Okay. When I was in high school, my parents, in their wisdom, set a very strict uh, time that I have to be home. Yeah. Curfew. A curfew. And there was there were times where I was three minutes past curfew. It could have been three seconds. Didn't matter. And uh, I still got in trouble, like a severe mm-hmm. uh, trouble. And like I complained about that for years. Like that is just ridiculous. Uh, yeah, you're talking about making a red light or not making a red light. Exactly. It's you're talking about like. Uh, you know what? I left at the same time, two different instances. One time I got home on time. One time I did not from the same place. Right. Um, that's not that, that that's not part of it. But now that you're a dad. But now that I'm a dad, now that I may have uh, grown a little bit, uh, I have realized the value that the, that my parents held on that. Not only just for the instance of like. What I say is what I mean, mm-hmm. but then also learning as a young man to be punctual, to to um, be able to have foresight to see if there are times where other situations, external variables that I'm not, you know, anticipating, I still have to be prepared for. Yeah, uh, and so it did teach me, even though reluctantly, a lot of. Um, oppor- you know, a, a lot of uh, times where I could see, you know, develop this foresight, right? Yeah. Now, at the time, I thought it was ridiculous and I was very upset and I thought it was being uh, too harsh and too cruel. Yeah. And I think that would be a very easy thing to fall into as a parent, like thinking that you're being too harsh or, 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 or not giving, you know, not being charitable. It's like, listen, he was meaning to. That was his intent. Right. Morality has a lot to do with intent. Mm-hmm. Also has to do with like hitting the mark. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, Doing the right thing. Right. Not, um, it's not It's not a participation trophy. Right. Um, and so, you know, I now give thanks to my parents that they, that they did that. Yeah. So um, I tend to have more of a old school fatherhood mentality when it comes to my children. Uh, my children do not get to make choices. Children do not, they don't get to choose, okay? Because they don't know how to make good choices, okay? When you're talking about when they're young. Uh, you, yeah, when they're young, but um, even as they get older, now the the choices that they have to make become more serious. And they had, it's like, okay, yeah, you know how to choose to brush your teeth when you're older, but you still don't know how to make the choices that are presented to you now. Because as you grow, the choices... Um, become more, he- they're heavier, um, they're more important, they right? They have more consequences. So, yeah, like, oh, well, you're driving, okay, now you could die, right? So, um, you know what I mean. Children, they don't get to make choices unless I give them a choice to make, right? They get to choose when I give them a choice. Other than that, um, you know, it's like, they don't get to choose when they want to have candy, right? They don't get... Th- because otherwise they will choose to have those things all the time, right? Um, they need to be taught how to choose. 
and I'm not saying you have to be a, a, a tyrant, right? Um, you'd be obviously loving with your children. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that this is exactly right, that they don't get to have, what he's saying is, it's not to be left to the children um, to have the pleasure of when they can do things, what they can do. Um, and it, we'll, come to, we'll come to another quote here in just a second, which is similar to this. But if you don't have this, then there will be no piety in the home, Okay. The more you accustom your children to asking the, 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 the fact that they need to ask for permission for everything, and that just because they ask doesn't mean that they'll get it, um, the more honor that they will have for fatherhood, and that's important not so that they honor you, but so that they will honor God. Because if they, if they don't honor you as father, then they will not honor God as father. And it's important that they honor him. And it, therefore, they must honor you first as children. Because a, a child knows how to honor their earthly father long before they have any concept or ability to have honor piety for God in heaven, right? Um, so it's, it's very important that you teach your children obedience like this, okay? Um, this is another good thing. And this is funny because I actually did this next one today. Ironically, I didn't think about it that I was like, hey, like I just did that. Um, But it says it's the duty of the father and the mother to assign to each member of the family that part of the daily work which each must perform. They should have regard to the ability of their little subject, to their likes and dislikes for certain kinds of work, and if possible, gratify their inclination. He should, moreover, once and for all, give a certain work to a certain member of the family. Thereby, the work is made more easier and um, the workman acquires a certain independence, and all is done well. So he says, don't have rotating chore charts. No. Like, you, Mary. I just did this today. I gave out, like, semi-permanent assignments. Uh, Mary, you are on. You are dishes. Every day, before breakfast, you will unload the dishwasher. Like, and I, I did that with all the kids. So, like, we're not, we're not switching chores anymore. You are going to get good. At your chore, you're going to be able to have independence, because, like, I'm not going to, I'm not anymore going to tell you when to do it. You need to know it needs to be done, you know, and so you will get good enough at it to know the chore well, and to know its efficiencies, its expediences, and it gives them independence. It gives them agency, right, in um, being able to do something well mm-hmm. and having like. Um, you know, having like a mastery of something, you know, I've learned something, the intricacies of it, right? And so I think there's a, a lot of lessons in the chore, that's it. So it's just funny, I did that today. Um, it must be understood that sons and daughters cannot do as they please, particularly if it be of importance, without the knowledge and consent of their father. And so here I wrote, how can they learn piety without that rule? Um, let's just kind of keep going. We're almost we're almost done. Okay. Obedience. I'm enjoying the conversation. Good. Me too. Jump in as you as you uh, as you see fit as you've continued as you have. Um, if a child be accustomed to subject its will to that of its father, it will be so much easier for it to obey the laws of superiors, of the civil authority, and of God. Uh, Fulton Sheen has, has said this. If uh, it is true that. Oh, I'm going to butcher the quote, but he basically says, if it's true that 
th- we have lost respect and authority for for the society and for the government. It is only because we have lost respect and authority in the home first. Yeah. Let me give you another way of putting it. If obedience to the laws of the state makes a good citizen, if obedience to the precepts of the church makes a good Christian, then a father fulfills in a special manner the requirements of his vocation when he demands strict obedience to his will and accustoms his children to obey. Kind of the same thing. And this is just out of, this is out of, like, this is actually a mercy. It is. So when you read, when you hear this, you're, you may be taken back. It's like, not tyrannical. And, the, and it, it certainly can be done in a tyrannical way, right? Yeah. Absolutely. It needs to be done out of love and charity. Um, you know, so just like disciplining. You know, like if you're spanking your kids, you're not, you're not doing it out of anger that they did something wrong. It should be done out of compassion, right? Um, it should be done, you know, like out of love so that the child can be brought along. And, and so that they can learn the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it better for them to continue to do the wrong thing for years and years and years or to have a, a good discipline and a few, a few a times? Good understanding. Right, exactly, where actually they, they grow as a human, as mm-hmm. a person, right? Um, so I, I think that this is, this is where I think a lot, most parents make mistakes, is failing to really enforce obedience. I just see it all consistency. I, yeah, I see it all the time, um, even among like other people, like in church. Uh, they'll tell their they'll tell their kid something, and the kid will like, ignore them and walk away. And it's like, I can't believe that you just let them. You, you just told them to do X, and they it, totally ignored you and just didn't didn't do that. And then you didn't do anything about it. You know, like right. I I just think like. My kid would never do that because they would know if they did. Yeah, I mean, a good litmus test is like if you ask them to do something, how many times do you have to ask them to do it? Right. Yeah. the The thing that is really, really hard and that's to enforce. And so that's something that we're having to uh, revisit. Yep. Uh, as as because there's a there's a season where you have to train them, and then they get really good at it. And then there's a season where they know, and then they have excuses or they have... Mm-hmm. They start to test the waters. Right. I hate that phase. And we are... Uh, <laughs> it's the worst phase. We are, we are neck deep right. in those waters. <laughs> right. Yeah. Where um, yeah, they, they uh, start to push back, you know, feel it out. Well, like, Make what happens? Excuse, the, and, excuse, and also, it's, it's not just about obedience, but it's about obedience with a certain attitude. Okay, it's about charitable obedience. Um, we in our house we have a saying: we obey uh, promptly, Quick, quickly, promptly. Yeah. Uh, what is it? We have you know obey first time and every time, and then uh, I can't remember. We, it's a saying. It's a lady. We say it all. It's, the, it's a lady Pamela. Lady thing. Pamela. We say it all the time. Yeah. You know, uh, politely and promptly. Um, and that is something that that's a struggle because you can't. <laughs> You can't, you can't eye roll can't, and go do it. Well, you can't discipline a good attitude. You know, the beatings will continue until morale improves. You can't just like discipline a good attitude into a kid, right? So it does take, that's just something like, uh, you can discipline them for having you know a bad attitude. No, no, no. This is when uh, it is so important to praise the good. Yes. Yeah, you have to be. To positive yeah, uh, you do. For affirmation. Yep. This is like so important 
when uh, you can't be lot, always negative, yeah, right? Discipline uh, is a lot of times just being uh, affirming, in, right? In, sure. In in uh, ha- you know in actions, right? Being you able to use like, the virtue words a lot, right. right? You know, we have a whole chapter in our book on language. What was that book? Virtue. What was the book? Living Beyond Sunday, making your home a holy place by Ascension Press. That sounds like a really good book. You should you should check it out. Yeah, positive like. You know, when I tell one of my kids, like, oh, that was so generous. That was so charitable of you. Thank, like, mm-hmm. thank you so much for doing that, you know. Um, and they're just, you know, you have moments that, in your family where you're just so proud of them. Like, the other day, little David Jr. was crying because he didn't get to sit where he wanted to sit. And then one of the other girls who had, like, the place she wanted to sit said, well, fine, he, he can sit here. And then one of the other girls knew that 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 girl was giving up her place, so okay. she gave up her her There's place. A domino to that. effect. It was like they all everybody was like, "Oh, that was so nice." You take mice, and it was like, "You guys, <laughs> everybody gets candy." <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> I didn't actually say that, but that's how I felt on the inside. Uh, but yeah, like your house and my house are so different. It's, well, that's because they're the they're mirror opposites. You know, like I have four girls. You know. <laughs> And only one boy. They're a lot different. They're so different. They're so so different. Okay. Here's the last one. He was like pretty serious about this. Okay. And I think he makes a good point. And I really wanted to get your, of all people. My expert opinion. I want to get your feedback on it. Okay. As your children get older. I like to give my feedback. As your children get older. Yes. It should be his principle. Never to consent that his son or daughter enter into a matrimonial alliance with a non-Catholic. Mm. He says, a father, who cling, who, a father whose heart clings to his faith and church cannot be indifferent about the religious faith, for, religious faith of those whom his son or daughter intend to take as partners for life, for better or for worse. Hmm. What do you think? Because he's he's very strong. He says, you can never and never consent mm-hmm. to your child marrying a non-Catholic. Uh, so it's hard. Like so, in principle, I agree. Yeah. Uh, emotionally, it's hard for me to consent because there's like I wouldn't be here otherwise. Right. Yeah. Because uh, you married a non-Catholic. Uh, Worked out well, great. And my dad married a non-Catholic. Right. So did my mom. Uh, however. I think that it's more. It rings more and more true today, because uh, non-denominational Protestant Protestantism uh, has less and less of a foundation than what it did, you know, in the '60s and '70s and '80s. Yeah, uh, and and there's there's less more there's less morality uh, involved, mm-hmm. and uh, so. I think the the gaps between certainly yeah like Protestantism uh, and and Catholicism have widened and deepened yeah. drastically over the last even twenty years, mm-hmm. um, to where like there is very little difference, uh, although big differences, but l- very minimal differences, fewer differences, fewer um, between like Catholicism and Lu- Lutheranism, Lutherans. Um, you know, a hundred years ago, two hundred right. years ago, I agree with you, and I think that that is a good point. I, I like one side of my brain says yes, obviously that makes a big difference because 
you know, we want to have a good Christian understanding. Well, the found, Protestantism found, today has less Christian in it. It's less Christian in it. The foundations right? of that are crumbling. And on the other side of my on the other side of my brain, it says like actually it doesn't matter. Like the fact that you're separating yourself, you know, like you'd be separating yourself from the church. You might as well be a Hindu. If you're a Catholic... No, there's a difference there. No, if you're a Catholic and you intentionally leave the Catholic faith... You oh, can, you well, can, yeah. You cannot yeah. be saved. No, no one's no one's talking about... Okay, but... That's not even what he's talking about. In the book, he, he names several reasons. I didn't write them down. One of them is that you're the, you are now aligning this other person who is going to be the, the most influential effect like on your son or daughter. And in the world, nobody else will have more influence over your son or daughter than this other person. Mm-hmm. And so they could very easily, over time, bring them out of the faith because of their feel, because of their like, sure, you know, uh, the, now their, there's a, the natural love that they will have for them, you know. Sure. Now the intent matters, right? So, like, let's say you're you're uh, engaged to a gal who's saying, uh, "I'm not Catholic." However, I uh, I am going to be inter- entering the church. Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, totally. Uh, that's a totally different situation. Right. So, I mean, um, I think you have. I think you have to say that because you're talking. You're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Whether someone is sympathetic to the church or um, hateful towards. I mean, yeah. Obviously, those. Even just someone who's sympathetic, uh, you know, as opposed to an atheist. Mm-hmm. Drastically different situations, right? Yeah. Um, but I do think that if we if we really say our faith is in fact the most important thing. Correct. You know, would you let someone, would you let them, you know, marry them if, like, there was another defect, uh, you know, like, they were a drug addict? Would you, let, would you let them marry a drug addict? No. No. It's far better for them to marry a Catholic drug addict who, you know, they, they, they're, an, they're an addict, you know, they don't want, they struggle, they're alcoholic, whatever, right? Um, but someone who is... Catholic. I mean, it's hard to, you know, it's kind of a contradiction to think about like a devout Catholic drug addict, but it's a hypothetical situation, right? So you can just mm-hmm. imagine it. So you would never let, you would never let your son or daughter, you wouldn't, you wouldn't give your consent anyway for them to marry that right. person. How much more important is it? Is a soul than is, the body. Yeah, exactly. Their soul, the their faith is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And for the sake of the grandchildren that will come from the union... You need them, you know, like your daughter, you need those children to have, once once again, a good Christian father, a Catholic father, and vice versa, a Catholic mother, um, who will bring them up in the right way. So, um, I don't think, I, I, you know, like, we've kind of like culture today is like, oh, well, they love each other. It's like, give me a break, okay? Go love somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um uh, another, another not that it not that it can't work out. It can obviously work out really well. I mean, you're a perfect example. Your your parents, my parents, great examples of it working out really well, really well. But you know, it often doesn't. Yep. Were you going to say something else? Um, no, I mean, I I don't disagree. Yeah, like, I, like it's. It, like, it's like, I also have. I also feel both ways like, about it. But intellectually, I'm. I'm. I've, I'm in the same camp as you. Like intellectually, I am a hundred percent in this camp. Right. You know, and I. It's hard for me. I have heartstrings pulling in another direction. Mm-hmm. But those heartstrings, 
cannot overcome the fact that intellectually, this is how I feel, you know, like, I do agree with that position, you know? Because ultimately, I just want everybody, you know, to, to go to heaven. Right. Everybody. Right. And uh, the means for salvation is through baptism and the church. Right. Because um, that's what the Bible says. And that's what Jesus said. Yeah. That's who is the God man. Right. He's kind of the one who, like, built the system. Right. Yeah. So... I'm just going off of what he... I just want to go off what he says. Anyway, be the best father you can be. Pray in the morning. Don't visit public houses on Sunday. Stay for only so long and no longer. Have good friends. Love your wife. Love your wife. Have Teach your children to obey. And uh, you'll be a good dad. That it's that easy. And stop sinning. Th- and stop sinning, especially in front of them, right? Just don't sin anymore. Also, don't do that at all. That's a good one, Adam. That's a good one. Did we put that in the book? Oh. <laughs> what a swing Virg- and a miss. We'll, we'll uh, what do you think? It's like a revision. You know, we'll come out with yes. a revised. That's right. You know, we'll wait, a, we'll wait a year and we'll put out a new edition. A new that's edition, right. that's the word. All right. Thanks for listening.